Hello and welcome to Hashtag Create, the podcast dedicated to creativity wherever it may be found. Our guest today is Lauren Williams, who has been in the entertainment industry for over 14 years. She has diverse experience as a top talent agent and manager, nurturing careers of actors such as Oscar and Golden Globe winner Olivia Colman, Tony Award winner Lena Hall, twice Emmy-nominated Betty Gilpin, Tony-nominated Corey Hawkins, and Lana Condor, to name a few. She has also developed shows for Quibi, Apple, and 20th Century Fox. Lauren serves on the board of Women in Film, is an animal rescue activist, and we are happy to have her here with us today. You can check out her favorite clips and follow her on Clipkick. Her username is at LWilliams9. We are brought to you by Clipkick, the free app for bookmarking and sharing any video clip on the web. With Clipkick, you can collect all your favorite videos in one place. When you find a video you like anywhere online, just click share on your phone and save it to Clipkick. Then watch and share your unique video collections right from the app. Content creators use Clipkick to consolidate their videos from all platforms in one place. Then they share the account links and grow their audience. But Clipkick is not only for content creators. It's the perfect app for anybody who loves video clips. Download Clipkick for free today in the app stores. We are brought to you by iScale. iScale is a great new app that turns your iPad or tablet into a scale. iScale's patent-pending technology uses the camera and motion compass features in your tablet to accurately measure your weight when you stand on your iPad. Now, this is a great invention. Normal scales take up space and are not always accurate. With iScale, just put your iPad or tablet on the floor, stand on it, and you will have your accurate weight delivered to you instantly. iScale also offers metrics like BMI and FBR, fat-to-bone ratio. iScale connects directly to Apple's health app and other fitness apps like MyFitnessBuddy. It also has social features, so you can share your weight every day with your friends and the growing iScale weight-conscious community. I can tell you I use iScale almost every day. Who wouldn't want to share their weight with everybody? It's so convenient, I just threw out my old scale. Download iScale for free today. Note, iScale collects data on your weight and shares it with third parties to target more relevant advertising to you. iScale is not responsible for screen cracks or scratches that may occur to your tablet or iPad during use. We love to promote new apps like this on the show, so if you have a great new app idea, send a direct message to at clipkick.tv on Clipkick with a description of the app, and we may feature it on the next podcast. Hello, Lauren. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, so have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. You, you know, funny story, the, the last time we saw each other was we had lunch. And we, we had lunch literally the last day that it was allowed to have lunch. <laughs> have lunch yeah and and, and the and the funny thing is 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 that we didn't we didn't know it you don't know it's the last day when it's the last day yeah so so we were in culver city and we went to um what was it public public school or public public school public no, house uh, pub, public pu public something so public so I, school school something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we, i can't remember we, the name it's been so long and i know it, it was back in march and and we're sitting at the bar and i remember we were talking we were like oh you know it's getting pretty bad and the bartender's like yeah well you know it's gonna be okay and and then um that night that night they uh they shut it down they shut it down and and haven't been inside a place since it's crazy that being said um and i always ask this now because because of covid so so where are you living now 
<laughs> I'm in uh, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. I've been here since uh, March 21st. Huntsville, Alabama. That's that's definitely a change. Mm-hmm. So um, it's no Los Angeles. And you're still you're still doing everything you do just just from there. Yep. Still still working in the in show business and everybody's working from home and. And in fact, a lot of people at my company are all over the country right now. Right. And it doesn't seem like people are coming back anytime soon. I don't, I don't think until the majority of the population can get vaccinated, are we, are we coming back? And quite frankly, in my business, um, I don't know that, you know, representatives are ever going to be allowed to do set visits again. And who knows what movie premieres and award shows will look like going forward. It's uh, at least for the near future. So, so is there shooting going on at all or what, what's the status? What are you seeing out there? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think LA is pretty rough. Um, but I do have a client shooting on a soap opera, the bold and the beautiful, um, at CBS studios in LA. This is us, uh, is shooting in Los Angeles and it was, um, it got shut down. Uh, it didn't get shut down. They postponed coming back after the holidays to give everybody kind of a two week buffer because, you know, as we all know, even though it wasn't recommended to see your families in large groups over the holidays, people still did. Um, but, uh, so a lot of the shows that are filming and we're filming in Los Angeles took an extra two weeks in January before going back into production. Vancouver is pretty good. I've got two clients shooting up there right now. Canada's doing okay. Um, and I think New York is off and on. It just, it really depends on the set and the the protocols and and if the fact that they're being followed or not. So so there, are there, working. there is shooting happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna get more episodes of This Is Us. Don't worry. Yes, we will. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I mean, we got to find out what's going on over there. I know. Uh, in a This Is Us land. You love that show. I love it. By the way, did. <laughs> So, so about this is us. Let's just get this straight. So the guy dies because of a crock pot, correct? Yes. <laughs> and, the, and then the, the crock pot wiring. Uh, ca- uh, has but 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 fire. everybody knows that. That's not part of the mystery anymore. Well, if you've seen season, I guess two. <laughs> okay. All right. So what's so what's to come in this coming season? What are we looking forward to? Well, so far, I think there's been like three or four episodes that have aired. Um, <laughs> we've got a uh, Kevin, handsome actor man, as, as handsome Adam, actor man, call him, is having is having the baby um, with his. Wait, he's the alcoholic though, right? Yeah, and he's but he's he, he, he's, he's good now. He's, he's reformed with the baby, but, he, but he's having he's having a baby with his one night stand, Kate's best friend. Um, so it's, it's all real complicated. Um, and that's all to come. We're going to see what happens. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, only seen right. four well, that's, so far. That's exciting. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, like sometimes I make fun of this is us, but I do miss, I do miss new television. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like one of those things that you take for granted and you, and you kind of bitch about it and you're like, oh, there's so much to remember. We were always like, oh, there's like 400 shows and nothing to watch, but now, right. You know, now you now when it's not at there as much, you you start to miss it. For sure, yeah. So, no, a lot of stuff is delayed in coming back, but I think by the time we hit spring and summer, it'll be back in full force because stuff will have 
gotten to catch up. Right, right. So I'm going to ask you, and I prepared you for this a little bit, because this is a question you get all the time, I'm sure, and it's probably really irritating, but I feel like a lot of people listening want to know, and if you would just humor me and just answer it one more time. You have been on both sides. You have been an agent. You have been a manager. Mm -hmm. And the question that I'm, again, you get all the time is what, what's, what's the difference between an agent and a manager? And I feel like you would, since you lived both, that your answer might be illuminating without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, as an agent, I was always very managerial in the close personal relationship I had with my clients. A lot of agents, you know, it's, it's, it's transactional. It's get the job, negotiate the contract, send the client to work. You're not talking to them every day. You're not talking to them about creative stuff. Um, that's most agents. I wasn't really that kind of agent just because that's just not who I am. And I, I majored in theater and I love talking to actors and I love being part of the creative process. But in general, agents ha tend to have a lot of clients. It's a lot of volume um, and it's transactional. Managers tend to be more focused on the creative aspect of what their clients are doing. And they're a lot more of the hand-holding, I suppose, day-to-day -day booking travel, um, you know, making sure their client has everything they need on set. Um, managers can also produce. Um, so sometimes managers will produce with their client, with a client's project, or they'll produce something outside of what their clients are, are working on. So it, it's a little bit more of a creative job in management. Yeah, so it sounds like agents. I, I think that I think the misconception with agents that 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 Talon has, and I think I did uh, back when I was doing that, is that people expect agents to get them jobs or 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 really build their career. When it seems like agents are are there to help you negotiate and and work and get the best deals on the jobs you're getting, but are they, are they, if it, it feels like a manager is, is much more helpful in building a career than, than an agent. Is that, is I, yeah. I mean, again, there are lots of different kinds of agents. There's the big agencies, there's the CAAs, the William Morris's, the ICMs, and then there's sort of the mid-sized agencies like Paradigm and Gersh and Innovative. And then you've got boutique agencies like Buckwald and, um, smaller companies. So I think those smaller agencies tend to be a little bit more managerial because they're usually signing clients from the very, very beginning. Um, but I think those, those bigger agencies are certainly more transactional and the job, so, get the job, negotiate the deal. So then it would be good to start for someone starting out to start out with a smaller agency and maybe work their way up. Yeah. I mean, I'm also very much of the uh, opinion of, um, loyalty um, if, right. If that didn't sound very, my, <laughs> what I just said didn't sound like loyalty at all. It sounded like an FU attitude, move on up. Right. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean that, and, and but, that does happen all the time. Um, you know, the smaller agencies only have so much reach and, uh, you know, so much, so many connections, but I do think, you know, um, this business is a business of relationships. And so, starting out at a boutique or mid-sized agency and then you find yourself with massive success like if you're still getting the jobs then why you should, you should stay yeah why move up to the you know the fancy three-letter agencies when it's 
maybe not necessary. Right. Well, if there's anything I learned from Entourage, <laughs> it's that Ari Gold, Vinny Chase stayed with Ari Gold no matter what happened. Mm -hmm. So where where did Ari Gold Gold fall into this into these categories? Oh, he was at the fancy three letter agency. He, but then but then then he then he left. Right. He got right. fired. He got fired. He became a studio head, I think, and eventually. Well, uh, that head. was the very end. That was the finale. Yeah. yeah. Tried to, but but uh, but yeah, there was there were all these episodes. There was an episode where uh, Vinny Chase was being courted by all the other big agencies. Like they had these like PowerPoint presentations for him. It happens all the time. The room, you know, the the the, uh, the big conference, conference room. room. Yeah, yeah, and they're, and they're yeah. trying. They're pitching him, and he's going from one to the other. And yeah, you're a brand. Uh, you know, that's, that's, I learned a lot about the business from, from Entourage. <laughs> so, so when you grow up in New York and then, you know, you watch Entourage and Californication and, and uh, these different shows and you get here, it's a little different when you get here. It's not exact, it's not exactly like the shows, but, uh, but no. a lot of it, a lot of it is, is, is very similar. Absolutely. So, right. So, mm -hmm. so, um, so as, as a manager, it sounds like way more interesting in the sense that you're saying you 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 can produce. So so you've been you've been a manager for for I don't know a couple of years. I don't know how, like uh, almost. Uh, gosh, uh, going on three. Right. So you're you're probably. Pre I I know I know. There's one show you were working on that I wanted to talk about with Quibi because Quibi is an interesting topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, because it affect it also relates to Clipkick and 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 what's going on here. But, but is there any anything about like it shows you're working on you can talk about or um, you want to talk about? Just sure, yeah. Um, I uh, along with my colleague Emotes represent two um, retired CIA officers, and they have sort of just a wealth of stories, as you can imagine, from serving overseas for thirty over thirty years. And so we, we put together a number of shows with them. We've sold a show to Apple that's actually in the, the youth department. It's a show about kids who find out their parents are spies. Oh, and cool. Yeah. So we've got uh, a writers working on that right now with Apple. We sold a show to 20th Century Fox about this thing called Fireside Chats, which is... Um, if you've uh, had an asset that you've been working with for a number of years and things don't seem to be like going as well as they, they had, you take them to a exotic location and, and have a chat with them to find out what's going on, if they're still uh, okay to be uh, committing espionage against their country. Um, wow, so that's oh, okay. A, that's a pretty cool show. Um, and then, yeah, the Quibi show that you were talking about, The Bubble, um, which The Bubble's a real thing. There's one in every embassy, uh, on at every American embassy uh, in, in the world. And it is a room within a room where you can be certain you can have a private conversation um, without being, uh, you know, spied upon by the, the various agencies of the country that you're in. So um, yeah, the Quibi show is very interesting with the format. Uh, and then obviously, you know, we all know Quibi died on the vine very quickly it died very quickly because that when we were having that lunch it was right before it was about to come out and mm -hmm. and and we were so excited about it so yeah it, it launched in april of uh 20 april, may june and it like ended in july or something wow that was quick mm -hmm. man that was quick mm -hmm. but anyway I'll, I'll get to i want to get to that in a second but 
what you're doing, so so you have these CIA guys, like CIA, they used to be in the CIA, and then you work with them on on concepts, mm-hmm. and you and package we those concepts. With, we, yeah, we pair them up with writers, right? Um, and then the writers um, come up with a take, uh, a pitch, um, and then we take it out to buyers. And sometimes we go to other producers first um, that have deals at various studios, and sometimes we right. go straight to the studios, and sometimes we go straight to the networks. And your relationship with them is is their manager, but also also producer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like you got three or four different things, ideas coming out from these guys. Yeah, we have a whole slate of things that are in development. I think we have about twenty projects in development right now, but um, those are the ones we've we've actually sold so far. So the writers will actually get paid to write something. So how did you find these guys? Did you find them on TikTok? <laughs> No, um, my colleague. Their, their TikToks must be must be off the well, chain. Well, John Pfeiffer actually has a couple hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Wow, um, you see, that's what I get for kidding around about. It. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's very active, and and he makes appearances on CNN and MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and all of those kinds of shows. Jerry, the other spy, is is, is technically still in the CIA. Right. So his whole name. His uh, his his uh, social media following is is not really. Uh, he he still consults with them even though he's retired. So he's not really on uh, on the social media. But yeah, well, but that yeah, has a lot of followers. So so you were involved um, with the clip kick contests and helping judge those contests. We really appreciate that. And one of the, one of the one of the goals was to try to bridge this this chasm between content creators on the internet with the uh, industry, with the actual industry. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question is, how, how much does internet content influence what you're doing or how much is internet like user-generated content, like the, st- like the stuff people saved a clip kick part of your daily routine or part of how you find people or do 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 you find it's part of it or not part of it at all or somewhat part of it i think it's becoming more so part of it um because uh you know trending and hashtags are so popular and you know i i obviously follow all of my existing clients and then i see who they're following and um, you know, the internet and social media is just so popular and it's, it, it's becoming more popular. And also I think during this time of, of the coronavirus, people are watching more internet content than ever. I think in terms of like finding clients and, and representation, it's probably, you know, not, it, it, I don't think it's gotten too, uh, I haven't been too heavily influenced by it, but I will say casting directors are certainly on TikTok and Clip Kick and Twitter and, and looking to find that new <clears throat> talent that hasn't been exposed. So on the casting side of it, I would absolutely say that that social media and um, user-generated content is, is absolutely, uh, casting directors are always trying to find the next big thing and the next untapped talent. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, the way I see it, like if there's two different sides of it. So one side is, like back in the day in the 90s, you you had VHS tapes and you had to run around with these tapes and like yeah. drop, hope somebody would stick it in a VCR. Right. But now you can 
get on YouTube or, or TikTok or Instagram and you could, you know, consolidate that on Clipkick or, and send those links out. However, the, the flip side of that is that now people like yourself have so much to potentially look at. Cause, yeah. cause now, now there's no sort of barrier. It's kind of like Spotify. Like what, like, when I used to go into a record store and there was the top 100 and you kind of look through it, now there's like everything. Now you're like, what, what, what mm -hmm. do you do now? So, so I guess the, so. Uh, and with short form content, like, like with TikTok or with um, uh, even Instagram or Snapchat, like you can get a little quick thing of, of something and see it quickly. You don't have to take the time to, you know, watch an entire movie or an entire television show. You can see 15 seconds of content and decide if you like that person or not. Right, right. But there's just so many people, I guess, is is the issue now. Like, how do you figure out? I guess what I'm saying is, is you get to see more, but then there's there's the difficulty of, of how to how to filter that filter that down. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, you you kind of tend to look at things that have a lot of likes or that other people you already know you like have liked or commented on right right which helps which explains a little bit of the social aspects of it because mm -hmm. you can let sort of your your friends kind of um help you through that mm -hmm. process but it yeah. but it, def it definitely sounds like it's in the casting world it's part of it i mean i could see that too also if you're if you're brought somebody if somebody is suggested to you mm -hmm. do you do you do you do you sometimes or all the time go and try to look at their social media and what they're about or on there or is that important or not really yeah it, it absolutely is important um i would say it's not the first thing i look at if someone if an actor or content creator suggested to me you know i look at their their demo reel or i read their script or whatever first but then yeah if i'm intrigued or curious about them i'll certainly hop onto their social media and see sort of what they have going on there. Yeah, I mean there there's um it's just interesting like the percentage when I when I look at this when I look at the material I think who could be on television who could not be on tel who who has a chance. There is mm -hmm. a percentage of people I think that definitely have a chance mm -hmm. that 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 are doing that stuff. Um I could think of some right now that that I've seen recently like there's this um this woman named Manon Matthews who's like really funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you ever heard of her? I got to, no. I got to send you, I got to send you some links to her stuff, but she looks like she could be on SNL or something like that. Like she should be. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get to this Quibi thing. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been putting that on the back burner. We all kind of saw what happened in the news, but you, you actually experienced it. So I'm just interested in what your experience is. This is what I know. We, when we were having lunch, you were talking about this bubble show. Mm-hmm for for Quibi and it mm -hmm. and it and it was a script that was broken down into what 10 minute segments 15 minute yeah, segments 10, 10 minute episodes and, and the and you were like right in in the midst of cutting a deal or you cut a deal we, or no we we had a deal the the scripts were written we were in the midst of uh budgeting for production and trying to get a budget for a location we had we were um doing a budget for Portland Oregon um, which unfortunately got nixed fairly quickly because of COVID. Um, why, why, why Portland? You know, um, because Portland actually, so the, the show is set in the 80s in Russia. Um, and Portland had um, 
Portland, if you're going to sh get shoot Russia, Portland is where you go. No, but they actually had some great <laughs> exteriors that that could double. And it was also cheap you would, to shoot in Portland right, right. with tax incentives. And um, there's good crews up there. We were, we were doing a, a budget for Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then also uh, a budget for somewhere in Israel, Jerusalem, I think. Um, so we were actively budgeting. Wow. Yeah. So how did you how did you find out? I remember when I found out Quibi closed. The internet. <laughs> the internet. They didn't even they didn't even call it because I still have Quibi on my phone. If you open it up, it's just it's just blank. It just it, yeah. It, no. It, um, you know we we kind of had a, had a sense when they were stalling on approving a budget. Um, when they had give when they had told us how much the budget needed to be, and we had gotten those numbers for two of those three locations to be what they needed to be. And then it was kind of just radio silent. <laughs> we knew something was, was amiss and, uh, and, you know, they were like, we just need to get through the launch and all the stuff they'd already shot and da, 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 da. And then, you know. So they just ghosted basically. Basically. Yeah. Right. Katzenberg yeah. didn't call you up and be like, look, I'm really sorry. Uh, no, no. Uh, I think we did get an email after it was announced on deadline, um, you know, right, that, right, right. that the project wasn't moving forward at the time or whatever. But, you know, now Roku is buying Quibi. Um, what are they, they going to do with Quibi? Maybe the technology? Yeah, I think they're, so Roku, and, and nobody really knows what the plan, but Roku's buying Quibi. And supposedly the Roku executives, which I didn't even know they had creative executives at Roku, Roku. Um, are going to decide what projects they want to move forward. So in a weird way, there is a chance uh, that the project lives. But in, uh, in a newer development, um, I pitched the project as a podcast to Audible, uh, and they want to make it uh, as a podcast. Really? Uh-huh. That's interesting because that I read that script, I think. You did. I, I, yeah, I I that could be a good podcast. I mean, yeah, it'll be done as like a two hour podcast with the because episodes. because the why I think why is because the 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 environment is is pretty easy to imagine. Mm -hmm. The bubble, the room. Yep. So once the room is described, I think the viewer could visual the listener could could visualize the what scenery it and it could be like a radio show that that mm -hmm. that that's a really cool idea yeah yeah and then so, um so we'll see this new roku development may throw a i think on. roku what, what's the one again where where these people get taken on their little little lunch interviews to see if they still want to be in the cia fireside chats fireside chat <laughs> jessica alba she's the one that chats with them all the time right She's she's like a household. Everybody knows her. Everybody yeah. likes her. And yeah. take that to Roku. Oh, Maybe come on. I mean, <laughs> forget or take it to Fire Stick. Fire Fire Stick Productions. <laughs> everybody's everybody's making shows, man. It's ridiculous. I know. It is. You know? So uh, so Quibi was interesting because Quibi launched around the same time Clipkick launched. Mm-hmm. Because Clipkick launched the end of January in 2020, like January 24th or something. Mm -hmm. Quibi launched shortly after that. COVID happened. And then at the same time, sort of TikTok blew up. I think the thing with Quibi and why it didn't work is that 
I think they were actually negatively impacted by COVID because people, the idea was that the millennials uh, in big cities like New York and San Francisco and Chicago who are commuting on the train would, you know, take that 10 minute train ride and watch something on their phone. Got yeah. The whole thing, the quick bite. Yeah. Well, when COVID happened, nobody was commuting. So, right, so that, the that... last thing you want to do is sit on your phone in your house and watch something. And I also think they made a major mistake by not having it available on the iPad. You could only watch it on your phone or you could mirror it to your iPad or your television, but the quality was terrible. I wonder why they wouldn't, they wouldn't put it on iPad. That's interesting. They said they, didn't, they said they didn't have the technology ready. No, I mean, I mean, uh, clip clip kicks on iPad. It's just a matter of doing some some uh, graphic. I think redesign. the idea was that they really were banking on millennials on their phones commuting. Right, and it seems like, in retrospect, to have it on iPad and maybe even have like a streaming version of it on TV would have would have been beneficial because. Yeah, I mean, I got to test it. I actually went to the Quibi offices uh, to a to a pre-launch party and. They gave everyone an iPhone and a pair of headsets and we got to wander around their office and find a place to sit and have popcorn and cocktails and, and test out the, uh, the, uh, the content. And the content wasn't bad, but I just found the enjoyment of watching something. And I went with a coworker who was also a producer on The Bubble. The reason we were invited is obviously because we had a show there and we were sitting next to each other and you know the enjoyment of watching a television show sitting next to someone you both have earphones in. You're not able to like. Oh, you can't. Enjoy yeah, you can't. Them. You can't. There isn't yeah. this like community aspect of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was weird, and so we're like literally like 20 people sitting in a conference room table, all watching the same thing, and nobody's reacting because we're all. Like, you know, it's so it's so funny. It's so funny you say that because because I I had this experience, and then I'll jump back to Quibi. We're jumping around, but I had this experience with the show called Broad City. Mm-hmm. where Broad City was kind of, it was a web series. So you, uh, web series in general, like you watch by yourself or you watch it on YouTube and it's very funny. Right. Then mm-hmm. it came on TV, basically the same show came on Comedy Central, but to watch it with, to watch that show with other people felt weird. Like there was some, it was kind of awkward. Yeah. Like, like, like it just, you know, you know, if you're sitting there with your mom or like with your sister, you, you know, like, like, I guess, what I learned is there's certain content that lends itself better for solo watching mm-hmm. and certain content that that's better for a group. Mm-hmm. And though I don't think anybody really has studied that yet or knows the difference. So when they produced for, for Quibi, um, I'm sure they were just thinking, we'll just make shows the same way that yeah, we I mean, do for TV and make it for the phone. But, it, but really those shows probably need to be different in some way. You see my point? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that they, the, that the idea behind it was, was not a bad idea, but I just don't think it was executed. Um, and, you know, they got a bunch of fancy celebrities and stars to, and fancy directors and fancy writers. I mean, Steven Spielberg had a Quibi show because they were throwing money at people. But at the end of the day, didn't matter because the viewers didn't care. They didn't come to see a Steven Spielberg Quibi show. They just, they didn't, you know? Right. It, it, it kind of occurred to me too. And like also when... there's so many, there's so many streaming platforms that you have to pay for. I don't think enough people wanted to pay the wanted to pay for another one or one to watch which, on your phone, which you is know? Why, which is why, you know, TikTok kind of won it in that game. But 
But um, one thing I did think about was they were trying to produce shows with big budgets, sort of the way they do for TV. But when you're producing for a tiny screen like a phone, I don't think you need it's a different type of production, I would think. Yeah, I mean, they tried to do this thing where like if you're, uh, you could watch from two different angles. So you could, if you were watching your phone like this, like right. upright, and right. then you turned it like that, you could see the show from a different perspective, from a different angle. And, you know, it, it, when I was, when I went to the little sort of launch party, it was, it was not that exciting to like turn your phone and see it from a different, like it just didn't really work. No, I mean, I guess if you're if you're on a subway and right. it gets crammed, yeah, then then and and you can't and you you gotta maybe then then it would it would be, but but resolution too, like like for example, what we're doing now on Zoom, the resolution's pretty poor, right? Right. But since since people are going to be watching this on their on their mobile phones, it's fine. But if you try to project what we're shooting right now, like on a, on a movie screen, on an IMAX screen. It would look terrible. It would look terrible. The point being that you don't, you, if you're doing it for a phone, you could really, really make, I think you need to be making little uh, cheaper or, or I, I don't know. It, it's not, it's not the same thing, I guess what I'm saying. But, but it seemed like they were just making TV shows and movies the same way and just trying to put it on a phone. That, that's... Well, because the whole idea too was that, which again, this is so kind of in, in retrospect, thinking about it kind of sounds totally dumb, but the, the point was that they would make their content for in the 10 minute you know, increments. And then in six years, whoever was the creator of the content. So for example, me producing this show, I would get that back that content, the rights to the content back. And then I can right. go sell it as a feature film. Um, so which that's why they did them with such big budget. Or sell it to next Netflix or something like that. As, exactly. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And that, I guess that could work. Well, I, I, but I, I don't think it ever would because if I'm the viewer and I've already seen all the episodes, why do I want to go watch it on the feature as a feature film? Yeah, yeah, because you already saw it. The only way it worked is if you didn't see it. The only example I could think of that that worked was a show called Kingdom with Frank Grillo about these MMA fighters in Venice. Yeah, I had a client on that show. It's a great show. It's like yeah. 40 episodes. By the way, I went into Bulletproof. But it was on Direct TV, so nobody that's, saw nobody it. Nobody saw it. So when it came on Netflix, it was like brand new to everybody. That's why, and that's it, why it would work. Right, mm -hmm. but if but if Quibi took off, that would never work because who would who would want to see it again or or right. whoever would have wanted to see that, it again? Yeah, the only reason that, that Kingdom worked on is, on Netflix is because if you didn't have Directv, you never even heard of this show. I know it, it's same with Jessica Alba's show, La Finest. La's Finest, yeah. La's Finest, yeah. Which I still I I kind of watch it. It's it's kind of cool. Who did you who, who did you have that was on? Uh... I had Keely Sanchez, the love interest. Wait, which love interest? The girl who like ran the um, ran the. Oh, the she she yeah. smokes her little cigarettes outside. Mm -hmm, yeah. He was trying to manage that gym. Yep. All she was trying to do was keep that gym above water financially. Nobody would work with her. I know. So funny Frank Grillo story. <laughs> There's this place called Bulletproof Coffee over here. Uh huh. Down on uh, it's right on the edge of Santa Monica in Venice, and it's literally on navy street they shot the show there 
that. So here's what happens. <laughs> so, so, you know, bulletproof coffee is like the new craze. Like everybody I know is like, Oh, you got to put butter in your coffee. You got to go to bulletproof coffee. You know, it's this whole thing. So anyway, so I go down to bulletproof coffee and, and I, there's two, there's like a line of two people in sun. I walk in and I look and it's Frank Grillo sitting in like a gym outfit <laughs> waiting for his coffee right on Navy street. It was surreal because it was like, am I, is this the show? Is this reality? <laughs> he looked, he looked cool too. He looked, he looked really cool. And then I'm staring at him like an idiot. And I wanted to say something like, Oh, I just watched 45 hours. You know, that's, that, that shows 45 hours. I know. 45 hour episodes. Yeah. So, so I'm staring at the guy and, but I'm too far. Cause, cause with the mask, you know, you have a mask on and you're kind of like 12 feet away. So what am I gonna do? Start yelling at him through my mask. So I'm just kind of <laughs> sitting there and I'm waiting to get like the next in line. Like if I get closer, then I'll say something. So I'm just right. don't look like a weirdo. So, uh, but anyway, it didn't happen fast enough. And he just, he got his coffee and walked by me. And I was like, I was like, bye, man. He's like, bye. Anyway, it was, it was, it was just weird. That it was like right on Navy street. And I think he lives down there. He must live down there. And then. Yeah. Cause they shot the show for four seasons um, in Venice. So, yeah. so um, back to what we were talking about. So the other thing that happened with Quibi that I think proved out was that you know TikTok really was the winner in that whole thing? Yeah, because yeah. at the same time TikTok came out, and TikTok just blew up, mm -hmm. right? So one of the conclusions that I think is being drawn from this whole experience is that as far as mobile goes, user-generated content is what's winning. Mm -hmm. That that people want to see like these underproduced kind of comedy clips and funny clips and cooking clips or whatever that people are making at home on their phone. Mm -hmm. But when they want to see produced content, they want to see it on, on their TVs and on their Roku's and, and on their Amazon. I mean, that's what I read in the press is like the conclusion of, of what happened. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that kind of makes sense. And again, if we hadn't been in a, a, the era of COVID, maybe it would have been different. Maybe not. I don't know. No, it may, but, your point is well taken. By the way, podcasts dropped like 50%. You, you people know, aren't in their cars. Because people aren't in their cars. That, yeah, and if you're at home, what do you really want to be sitting and listening to a podcast? No, you want to be watching content on your television. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only time I, um, I don't, I listen to podcasts sometimes at home, but no, you sit, you watch even. No, I really know? only listen to podcasts in the car. Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean. <laughs> So, so yeah. And even, even if I'm like doing dishes or doing, doing, you know, little things around the house, if I'm doing stuff, I'll have the TV on anyway. Right. Like I'm not right. like, I'm not, I'm not putting on, on podcasts. So, so it looks like things have settled down. I mean, for Clipkick, it's good just because we, we, we are the aggregator of user generated content. So the fact that you know, that's what people are watching on their phones is, was a good outcome for us. Mm -hmm. But, but we, we were just kind of watching like what's going on. I mean, and it happened, it happened so fast. It was like one of those Mike Tyson fights. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like how, like, like. Well, it kind of feels like they threw in the towel, but I think that the, the, everything they did was so expensive that when they realized it really wasn't bringing in any revenue, it was well, like, how much did they spend in four months? They spent like 
close billion. to a billion dollars, like a billion yeah. dollars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had they had seven hundred million left, and they're like, we should, we should cut our probably, losses now. Give our investors back. Yeah, their money. Give, give give back the money. I mean, they cut the cord really quick, um, which was interesting too, because it seemed to me like maybe if they hung in there, they could have made adjustments and survived. But I guess they didn't. I don't know, man. That was that. I mean, was... I don't know the intricacies of uh, of of how the financial stuff was working, but you know, it, it, they definitely were like, "Yeah, we're done." <laughs> yeah. So that that story panned out. We're still alive. We are indeed. We still, made it. Still plugging along. <laughs> so um, let's talk. I want to talk about your your ClickKick account for a second because it's kind of cool. Can I show it? Uh huh. Sure. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen. All right. Can you see? Can you see it? Yeah. Okay, so so what I like about your account is, you know, you're 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 not a, a content creator, so mm-hmm. so you're you're saving things that just like you're into, yeah, right. So it's not it's not so basically it's not really about you, in the sense of like stuff you're making. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come on to this, and then see like Lauren Williams, doing. TikTok dances. Right. No. That's that's just <laughs> no, not, not happening. So 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 basically, but you know, you get a little you get a little idea of uh the shows you're into. You have a lineup called uh lineups are like boards in Pinterest, like the like a folder yeah. of, of videos. So uh big little eyes. Mm-hmm. Good show. That's a good show. What's that show about? Uh, a lot of very wealthy people who are very nasty to each other. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, yes. I saw a couple of episodes. Yeah, they're, they're always in a bad mood. Yeah. Why are they always in such a bad mood? That's, that's up in, um, Monterey. Monterey. I've, I've been up there. It's Mm -hmm. really, it's really nice up there. Um, also Dolly Parton, you seem to be into here. Love me some Dolly. You met Dolly, didn't you? I did. Can you I tell, did meet can, Dolly. Can you, t- can, you t- can you tell us what, what that was like? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, it was at an event for women in film and uh, it was a Emmy party and uh, she was lovely. I got a picture with her and she was totally sweet. And it was, uh, she's, she's the real deal. Is she, is she tall? Like, is she tall? No, or she's short. She's short. She's so, she's so great. Yeah, she's fantastic. Doesn't she have something she's doing now, like a show or something? She has a deal, I think, at Netflix, um, where she's producing a bunch of stuff, and uh, she has uh, she does a lot of like these, like kind of almost Hallmark esque TV movies um, that she produces, um, and you know she has her theme park in Gatlinburg. Right, Hollywood. the theme park. Have you been there? I have been there when I was a kid. Long time ago. That's cool. So your parents took you there. Yeah, yeah. But now that I'm here in the South, uh, when things open back up, I kind of want to go because it's only a few hours from where I am now. I want to go as an That's adult. Right. So, so where where is it? Where is the theme park? It's in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Great Smoky Mountains. Okay. It sounds <laughs> it sounds like it's close to where you are. <laughs> Three hours from Nashville. Right. Right. So the the other thing I see there is uh, the the rescue stuff. Yeah. Now I, I know you I know you've you've done a lot of animal rescue. Um, mm-hmm. are, uh, ha, now that now that you moved to Atlanta, it's probably like harder to do now, right? No, there's tons of rescues here. 
Um, I can't really do it in LA because I'm afar, but I, uh, I've actually been looking into some rescues to volunteer for down here. Right. So, so you were working with, uh, who, who were you working with before? Much love animal rescue. But they, but that's kind of here. Like how, how that's like, local in, in, in Southern California or well, in Los Angeles, really. Right. Right. So, um, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, what's, 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 coming up for you in the, in the nearest future? Like what's, what's, what's big on your mind for next week? And then we could wrap it up. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's days full of Zoom meetings with uh, executives and casting directors. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, to, to be quite frank, business as usual, just at home instead of in an office. Um, clients are auditioning on Zoom, having director callbacks on Zoom. Um, making self tapes like it's you know it, it it's different but the same you know. So it sounds like Zoom at a, for at a Quibi and all these people Zoom was the real winner. We all should have bought stock in Zoom. We all Zoom Zoom is 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 the whole is the whole shebang. So it sounds like you're on Zoom a lot. So <laughs> and I and I and I got you I got you on the on a zoom on on a sunday and and, and that's <laughs> that's really i mean in one sense it's terrible like, I, like <laughs> okay. I feel i feel a little bad about that but but you were very you were very gracious to come on and spend a little time with us i think listeners will appreciate a lot of what we learned here so thank you so much lauren i really appreciate it You're and welcome. My uh, pleasure. yeah and keep in touch come back to la someday i will eventually when we can go out to a restaurant again We'll go back. The probably, probably none of the restaurants will be there. They'll be all right. in different restaurants. No, our French restaurant better still be there. The Paris, what was it called? Weekend in Paris. Meet, meet in Paris. I know, I know. I, you know, I just can't. They closed everything here, even the outdoors. Oh, terrible! I don't know how these people are going to survive this. I know. You know, so let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Support local business. Get takeout. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Postmates. Yes, exactly. Postmates. Well, Postmates is the other winner in all this. <laughs> totally. Not Quibi. Not Quibi. All right. <laughs> Quibi lost. <laughs> all right. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks again. Thank you. you all got right. it. Yeah. Bye. Bye.